Hi guys, it's Allie. Just wanted to pop in before this episode starts to let you know that there is a trigger warning for this episode. The plot for The Haunting of Nancy Drew does include mentions of suicide. So please consider this before you listen to this episode. You're listening to Making a Drood, a Nancy Drew podcast. Welcome, my Droods. Welcome back to a new episode of Making a Drood. My name is Allie, as usual. I didn't change it since the last episode, strangely. (laughs) Um, We are here with Teresa. Say hello, Teresa. Hi. But exciting news. I mean, not that Teresa's not exciting, but... It's okay. (laughs) We also have with us today the return of Melissa. Say hello. Hello. I'm excited. No, the this was the first episode. Melissa was like, "I want to record six, six, sixteen, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so Melissa is back with us for episode sixteen, "The Haunting of Nancy Drew." Ironically, because in this episode we figure out why Nancy has been haunted all this time and how and Teresa's might- been stupid, <laughs> <laughs> and it might not be what you were expecting it to be so let's get into it before we get started with our recap Teresa's gonna catch us up on our numbers Teresa where we at okay so body count one and a half two I don't know one ish one ish we're still not sure what happened to Josh or his body if it's I'm confused okay he looked really good he looked so dead but his body his person still missing who knows question mark and then there's tiffany poor tiffany and he quote unquote walked out through a secret passageway that no one knew about like freaking nick lived there okay (laughs) but um, maybe the floor murderers also always have secret passageways that is true um then we have eight seven ghosts thus far um that number hasn't jumped since last episode or the episode before that um We've just seen Lucy a whole lot. <laughs> so Well, actually, uh, hold on, wait. We we have eight now. The Aglaica. Did we really see the Aglaica though? Are we counting the, but the, the, the it's not of. a ghost sighting, but she is a ghost. But but we haven't seen her. Or them. But she's like bones. That means she that's, has to exist. That's true. That's true. She that's has to act. exist. <laughs> We're gonna She has eight. to be real. Unless it's not the Aglaga. What? No. I kidding. mean, the directions were oddly specific, and they were they worked. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's needed for anything's possible. <laughs> but when she called to it, she said Aglaga. <laughs> and, and I'm over here being like, "What if it's another ghost pretending to be the Aglaga?" Man, Teresa is, is always my devil's advocate. Always. From the person who, for the first how many episodes of the season, she didn't thought think Lucy was Lucy. Was Lucy. <laughs> I didn't think Lucy was Lucy. I for sure thought it was going to be something else. And I'm like, sure, sure, Teresa. Sure. <laughs> Keep up. So we have eight ghosts. We're going to say yes eight. with the Aglaica. And then we have 37 ghost sightings. 37. Wow. Yes. Yes. We, we no will have Aglaica more. Yet. We do not count possessions, 
uh, or weird ghostly vomiting or, or any of those things. It has to be a legit ghost sighting where you see the ghost, whether it's just yes. a shadowy figure or a full fleshed. Yes. Some sort of ghostly entity. So, yeah. All right. Now we are going to move on to our recap. We are recapping episode 15, The Terror of Horseshoe Bay. In the last episode, lots of things happened, actually. Uh, But the main thing that happened was Nancy, Nick, and Ace finally figured out how Josh was able to get the poison to kill Tiffany, not Ryan. And it was through Creepy Karen. So Teresa is vindicated. Vindication. If this is the only thing I get, it's a good thing. Yes, exactly. So Karen was able to smuggle the poison out of evidence and give it to Josh. But Nancy figures it out and she accuses Karen and Karen's going to arrest her. And then Ace drinks the quote unquote poison because he trusts Nancy when he says that when she says that it's not actually the poison and she's correct. It was not poison. So Karen is arrested And she admits that she gave Josh the poison because he showed her the emails between Ryan and Lucy. And so she thought that Ryan wouldn't get the justice he deserved. And she was basically getting revenge for her best friend, which Crimea River Karen, um, you still murdered someone who didn't deserve to die. So (laughs) Josh is still on the loose. We did find out last episode that a boat is missing from the marina. So apparently... Josh was a little less dead than we thought he was. So, you know, I'm not sure how one survives severe electrocution, but you know what? Josh, hit us up. <laughs> let, let us, us know. know. Give let us, us that routine. You know, what's your skincare know. routine? Okay. <laughs> um, because, you know, it looked like his face melted off, but whatever. Uh, Nancy and Owen had, I think we're going to die sex. So that was nice. Um, it felt a little foreboding though. Like they might actually die. So I'm not sure it's going to last for very long. <laughs> George and Nick, meanwhile, are taking that slow route. Something to be said about a slow burn. Wink, wink. Um, and Nick does no longer have a place to stay because his old place is a crime scene. So he is sleeping on George's couch. And it does appear that they might be slowly headed down that romance path still so that's nice (laughs) and lastly they decided nancy is really desperate to get carson free of his charges of killing lucy sable lucy is trying to get nancy to find her bones well it's really hard to find bones in the middle of an ocean so what better way to do it than to call to an evil ghost ocean spirit thing and so they go to the uh, historical society and find the directions on how to summon an evil ocean spirit named the Aglaica, because nothing bad ever came from having a seance to call an evil spirit. And they they call to the Aglaica for her bones. The Aglaica actually delivers instantly, actually instant gratification. That Aglaica, uh, really nice of her. <laughs> and. After they have the bones, they have to pay the toll. Well, the toll ended up being Owen Wilson's, uh, Owen Wilson, <laughs> Owen Hudson's <laughs> life. And so obviously, I don't Owen know a lot Marvin's of Owen's. Marvin. Oh, Marvin. Marvin. Obviously, I don't know a lot of Owen's. Okay. Owen Marvin's life. And 
Nancy was not willing to pay that toll, so she cut the ritual short. They did not pay the toll. Owen is still alive for now. Not sure how long it'll last, though, because at the end of the episode, Nancy vomited up the seaweed wreath that they had sacrificed, that they had offered to the Agleka, a symbol from the Agleka that she is not done with them. Yeah. So. Literally, it was instant gratification and just instant gratification. Immediate regret after. <laughs> yeah. Immediate regret. She, <laughs> uh, the Agleka is very efficient. Nancy should appreciate that. She loves efficiency. <laughs> so, anywho, that's what happened last episode. Yes, that was all in one episode. Um, and now we are going to move on to season one, episode 16, The Haunting of Nancy Drew. The episode picks up right where we left off. Nancy is still at her kitchen sink. She appears to be trying to wash out the taste of seaweed from her mouth, maybe. Or maybe her throat's just really sore from vomiting up a wreath of seaweed. I don't know. I feel like but, it's a miracle at all. <laughs> I, it, was, it, was, it was super gross. But I thought it was interesting that she puts the wreath in a drawer for safekeeping. If it had been me, I would have thrown that shit away. Like, who keeps it? I would have burned that. I would have been like, where's the fire place? Let me, let me burn the witchcraft out of this, okay? Yeah. (laughs) But I don't blame her since, you know, all of these other seances they've done, they've needed things from these ghosts or these people, things haunting them. So, like, I don't blame her for keeping it, just (laughs) safekeeping in case. Our resident Nancy True apologist. I'm sorry, again. She waited exactly... 15 seconds. 15 <laughs> seconds to explain Nancy's nonsensical behavior. Thank you, Melissa. We appreciate you being here as always. Um, <laughs> but it cuts to the claw, and the rest of the Drew crew are already at the claw. John is there, which I know I always call him uh, Nancy's uh, forensic chemist dude that she has on the speed dial but his name is John apparently he has a name who knew John Sanders yeah yeah I know I know I know he has a name but I like to call him creepy chem- chemist forensic dude it's it's cool that's that's his official title but <laughs> Nick did sleep on George's couch all right so that that did happen and uh John is there to assess the quote-unquote bones of lucy sable you can tell he doesn't quite believe that they're the bones of lucy sable and he's like what makes you think the bones of a girl who died 20 years ago just appeared and they're like um we called to an evil sea spirit and she gave them to us and he's like don't tell me (laughs) the honesty these these people have with other people i'm just well i mean no one believes them so (laughs) and the honesty came from Bess. i was like watching that part and i was like of course Bess is gonna be the one to try and explain this (laughs) exactly he's like well just tell me you at least kept them in a temperature controlled environment blah 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 blah. and they bring out the bones and they're in a box of hanukkah decorations which has got to be aces right Although I don't know that Teresa knows this shit, but you know Ace is Jewish, right? I, I did after this episode, 100%. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Ace is Jewish. This is the first so. episode where we see it, and then you get more it's, of it. I think it. it is, too. That's why I said I don't know that Teresa knows this. But uh, inside the box, and this is how we know, right? Because John Sanders brings out a dreidel, 
And A said, I made that out of clay. <laughs> I died. I died, y'all. I just I died. I just think the whole sequence of John and Ace during this whole episode is just brilliant. Comical. Like they just feed off each other so well. And I just it's the comedic relief we all I I knew Not that quite as epic as Ace and Carson. But still very good. There was, I knew John and Ace were getting along after John said, I'll do anything for Nancy. And I was just like, Ace too, what do you know? Like, you need to be partnered with Ace immediately. Can you imagine the things that they would get up to just in the name of Nancy? <laughs> they would get accomplished. They would get so many things accomplished. Um, um, I die. <laughs> but it, it was just, it was a funny little moment because immediately I started singing the dreidel song in my head, but you know, it, it is, it, it was good. So he's here to look at the bones. Nancy is still at her house and she is looking through all of the evidence slash files from Lucy Sable's murder. She is trying to find a miracle essentially, which is what Carson called it last episode. And it's literally the day of her dad's hearing and she is still trying to solve Lucy Sable's murder. She's looking through these files. She's coming up empty and she just screams at Lucy. She's like a little help here. Like I'm trying to solve your murder and nothing happens. And then everything explodes. It's right. It, it, it just, all the files go up in the air and she turns around and Lucy is behind her. And this is the funniest Lucy sighting. Cause she just looks at Nancy like, and she points at the door to the pantry, like this look of frustration, like here woman here. <laughs> She's like, I have to you look, you idiot. I, <laughs> I, Lucy was just like, God damn it. You're an idiot. Like what do I, I have, have to, to do everything, everything <laughs> on a silver fucking platter here, yes. <laughs> look here. And so Nancy's like, Thanks, Lucy. <laughs> and um, she opens the pantry door and she finds the collection of knives that uh, Carson had actually mentioned in an earlier episode that Kate, you know, loved those knives or whatever. And uh, one is missing. And so we realized as an audience and Nancy at the same time that the knife that is missing is the one that was at Lucy Sable's crime scene. So something about that knife is connected to what Lucy is trying to get Nancy to figure out. But then also Nancy figures out that since those are Kate's knives, it clicks in her brain that maybe the second female DNA on the crown might be her mother's. Kate's. So Teresa, how did you feel about that? I kind of saw it coming a little bit. It was... I wasn't a hundred percent sold on it, but I wasn't surprised. Well, I know at one point we were discussing whether or not it was Celia's, mm-hmm. yes. but I think that would, at this point, we pretty much ruled her out. She just hires I, people. I've ruled all of the Hudson's out at the, at, at like by the end of episode 13, I think I knew the Hudson's didn't do it. Like the physical. Yeah, she had, she had, she had already ruled out all the Hudson's. She was texting me like, literally, she's like, literally, I don't know who did this. Because I don't think it's the Hudsons, <laughs> and I don't know anyone else who had a motive. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was just like, and I'm just on the other end of the phone, like, 
Just That's the point. <laughs> I, I was just like, there was, there's like, there's literally no other viable suspects. I was like, I don't know why I don't think the Hudsons did it. My gut's telling me they didn't do it. They're red herring. They're like, and by the end of this episode, I was like, I know why I couldn't pin it on anyone. <laughs> yep. yep. But we'll get there. Uh, Nancy goes to the claw to join everyone else. And she, while John is there, she wants him to compare her DNA to the second DNA on the crown to see if the second DNA was in fact her mother's. And it would also explain Carson, right? Why Carson is still withholding things because he is trying to protect Kate, his wife, even though she's now gone, may she rest in peace. And Nancy seems like she's trying to convince herself it's still Ryan. At this point, I don't think even Nancy thinks it's Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I think but Nancy and I are on the same page. They're like, she, the Hudson, he's are a the lot only things, one. But... He is the only one that might be able to convince a jury, right? That it's not Carson. And so she, I think that's why she's still kind of lingering on him. But while she's there, their moment is interrupted, their moment of crime solving, because Bess is able to correctly deduce that Nancy and Owen slept together. And, and she's <laughs> like, you slept with my cousin. And Nick and George are behind her and Ace is behind Bess and Ace kind of looks like, oh Lord. And then George and Nick, she turns around and she apologizes to Nick. She is like, this is not how I wanted this to happen. And Nick's like, uh, it's okay. (laughs) And at that moment, you can't really tell if he's actually okay or not. But once Nancy leaves, George actually asks Nick, like, are you okay? And at first he doesn't even seem to know, but then I think he arrives at the conclusion that he actually is okay. And I think even he is surprised that he's okay. I think he, he didn't realize until that moment that he was okay with Nancy moving on. Like he even makes a joke. He's like, I guess the, the grace period is over or something like that. And so (laughs) George basically invites him she says you know maybe tonight you don't have to sleep on the couch and he's like i'd love to not sleep on the couch (laughs) and and it's a really cute moment because nancy you know was apologizing to nick and apparently it was for no reason but my fans and heart just sore Mm -hmm. they're They're really cute. cute they're so cute and i think too like watching that moment i think that kind of settled it for george too because I think yeah. George was nervous for Nick's answer. Yeah. And the, and it was in her favor in the way she wanted him to answer. But at that moment, the cuteness is interrupted. The cops have arrived and there are bones everywhere. <laughs> so they said, no one panic. And then everyone panics. It, it's great. Everyone starts panicking and we have a new character. A new detective. Ding, 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 ding. Should have seen that coming. He is very attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Literally was going to make that comment. Like, yeah, and he's he's not. He's fun to look at. He's not unfortunate looking. Uh, (laughs) He's an excellent addition to the police force. um, Now that um, Karen is gone, you know, he is replacing Karen. And Ace and John are trying to hide the bones. And he presents them with a warrant to search the facilities. He's taken over Tiffany Hudson's case now that Karen's gone, which I think is suspect because isn't this case closed? Like we know who did it. 
Like, so what is it that he's looking for? But he tells them like, unless you're, unless you're hiding a body, you've got nothing to worry about. And they're like, (laughs) technically it's not a body. It's a skeleton. (laughs) They're bones. Exactly. But, um, Nick and George get into a little tussle because George said they were doing like when he asked like where is everybody George is like we're doing the inventory and Nick's like oh it's a private party and it's such a stupid thing to fight about right they're fighting because neither of them was prepared for police to show up and they both tried to take charge of the situation so I think though this is rooted in that whole like Nick wants to be more involved in the restaurant thing and George isn't sure how she feels about it so they get into like a little argument well, and I mean, George got so used to kind of running it on her own and not really having much oversight, so. Yeah, exactly, because the owner definitely didn't give her any. Yeah, and it's not just that, like, George is just still, like, running everything on her own. Like, she, she does yeah. everything by herself. Yep, and so Nick kind of tells her, like, we've got to be on the same page. And in her defense, though, they had no idea that the cops were just going to show up at the claw, so... Is Nick implying, like, this is going to happen more often? We need to come up with, like, a standard excuse. (laughs) Exactly. But Nancy calls Ace, and she's like, you know, I don't think Ryan wrote that last email about calling Lucy a whore. And so he asked Ace if, she asked Ace if he can track down the IP address from where that email was sent. So Ace being a hacker is coming in handy really frequently these last couple of so <laughs> they've really relied but, on him exactly so nancy then seeks out ryan and she basically admits to him that she doesn't think that he sent the emails or that she doesn't think that he killed lucy but she does think that he can help her figure out who did and she tells him that ace tracked down who sent the email and it was everett and she kind of coerces him into helping her. <laughs> I say coerces, more like threatens. She's like, if you don't help me, I'm going to turn over these incriminating emails when I go in to do my thing today, my testimony. And so he's like, well, okay, I guess I'll help. <laughs> so Ryan and Nancy team up. The, the pairing we didn't know we needed all along. <laughs> I really since episode one. <laughs> I didn't mind them together. I think they're they kind of work well together. They play off each other. I know well. it's all it's almost like you know. Anyways, so then it cuts to the claw. I, I don't where, know, and I hate that. <laughs> anyways, like, it cuts to the claw. And um, they're still be they're still looking for like evidence. The police is still there, and Ace and John are in the freezer. And John goes, "Well, I'll be. This is Lucy Sable." <laughs> and my question is, how does he know? Like, what kind of test is he able to do from the freezer of a restaurant that he is able to confirm that? It- did he have a copy of her dentals? Maybe I think so. I think, I think that's I think that's what they did. Okay. Well, that would make a little bit more sense because I was just like, how does he know? Like, what Don't is be he questioning, doing? John. Just let him do his job, okay? <laughs> do, do the damn thing, John, okay? It's fine. But George and Nick are still fighting over their efforts to stall the cops. 
and George talks to Bess and she makes the comment like we're co-bosses we don't have to be the co of everything and I still think this comes back to the fact that she she is used to running things by herself and so she is she's unsure as to how she feels about someone else trying to take control over a situation. I don't think also, also, I think this is foreboding for the flourishings of what seems to be a very promising relationship here at the beginning. (laughs) The same, the same episode, she says, you don't have to sleep on the couch anymore. Yeah. This, this, this doesn't bode well, but (laughs) it cuts back to Nancy and Ryan and they're rehashing the Lucy situation and Ryan tells Nancy that he basically kept their relationship a secret after she died because he did try to see her the night she was murdered. But when he got there, she was already dead. Like she was missing and there were cops everywhere. And he, there was a combination of, he felt guilty. Like if he had gotten there sooner, he could have saved her. And we'll find out later. He might not have been wrong about that, but yeah, <laughs> we're not going to tell him that. But uh, he felt guilty, like if he had gotten there sooner, he might have been able to save her. But then also after what had happened with him coming back that night, he was afraid that people might think like he had something to do with it. So he decided to just keep the fact that they had a relationship at all quiet, which you can't blame the dude. Like, I mean, self-preservation. I was like, this is minimal in comparison to some other shit he's pulled. So <laughs> it's true. And also uh, most of the things he's done, Teresa calls him a dumb, dumb meanie boy, but this was smart, smart meanie boy. <laughs> it was smart, smart for him to not bring that fact up because yes, he would have looked supremely guilty. He but- would have. He probably had he like t- talked about the relationship. He'd probably be in jail right now. Here's the yep. thing, though. Would he, though? Because I don't know if the Hudsons would have allowed that. I, I'm oh, 100% sure. certain they would have pinned it on someone else. Maybe. They're they're sure trying to pin it on somebody. That's for sure. But Nancy, you know, after hearing his story, she mentions the fact that, you know, Lucy went to the bluffs because it was their spot or whatever. And Ryan stops her and he's like, the bluffs were in our spot. And so Nancy had spent this entire time reading these emails at making the assumption that the spot that they were referring to, like meet up at our spot or whatever, was the bluffs. When in reality, it turns out to be an ice cream shop, which is adorable. It's so cute and innocent. Not at all what I thought. (laughs) Like, and I think that's by design, right? How much more innocent can you get than an ice cream shop? Like an old fashioned ice cream shop? And I think that's supposed to be symbolic of Ryan and Lucy's relationship, right? It was innocent in that they really just loved one another. And they were torn apart by terrible circumstances and evil people, but their relationship was pure. Like it was, it was real. And that makes me sad. It would have been a relationship I probably would have rooted for. Me too. Me too. And I'm sad that it ended in tragedy, but- (sighs) They go to the ice cream shop and as luck would have it, the girl that's working there was also the girl that was working the day that Lucy died. She has not. Wow. I feel like most people 
and that and those in that town are just people who have been there forever. I wonder well, she, her dad owned the shop, right? Yeah. Uh, I wonder if she was a you know first runner up in the Sea Queen catch. <laughs> uh, well, she makes the comment like uh Nancy because Nancy says you were working the day of the sea queen pageant and she's like anything to miss that trash or something like that so apparently she was like you know one of those anti-establishment types she also I think she mentions her dad owns the ice owned the ice cream shop so she was probably like around Lucy's age in high school and was working at the shop after school like or part-time and now she's just older and she probably owns it herself yeah Anyways, she was there. She did see Lucy the day that Lucy died. Lucy was at the ice cream shop and she said she did tell the cops, but the cops did not believe her because apparently they were being inundated with like a lot of bad leads. And I'm just like, and this brings back something Teresa and I've talked about a lot, which is that the town has not really wanted to solve her murder. Like, yeah, from the very beginning. Yeah, they they did not want to make an effort. And I think it was solely because they thought if they could brush it under the rug as soon as possible, that like it would be better than to actually try and delve into it and bring out like the darkness that they thought would come along with it. And that's sad. Yes. And well, because then if you look at it too, of we're on episode 16, it's probably been a few weeks with Nancy and Nancy has done more work on this case than the police force has done in 20 years or 19 years. All these things that they could have found themselves, which, you know, debatable. I've seen their police station, but (laughs) I bet, I bet detective Tamora could have figured something out. Mm. He seems to be very astute. Debatable. I don't know. I still don't know what side he'll be on. So he's on the side of hot that's what side he's on (laughs) he he is a detective mcsteamy is that what you said mcsteamy yeah he's detective mcsteamy um he's very attractive no offense to creepy karen or mcginnis but easily the hottest police officer where has mcginnis been this entire time on my notes we see him at the end of the episode it's yeah, like, but I'm like, it's been how long? I, <laughs> I bet it's something like the actor got another job, and then you know he comes back at the end of this episode to like wrap that up. Because as we discussed last episode, the Drew Crew writers don't actually leave random like storylines unfinished; they resolve things, unlike other writers' rooms. So, you know, I I, I think we'll see him at the end of this episode. But <laughs> anywho. Lucy was there the night that she died and she said that Lucy looked really sad and she waited a really long time. Like her ice cream had melted. She didn't actually eat her ice cream. And when she left, the girl at the ice cream shop noticed that she was being followed by a town car with an eagle on the hood. And so Ryan, of course, knows that that town car belongs to Everett Hudson. Hudson. which are we surprised no no well and also at this point we know that they were following her so poor lucy i feel so bad i know especially since you know how this episode ends like i do all of this it's like oh like if ryan had been there literally literally he's not wrong he's not wrong but also i just She's a 17, 18 year old girl. The Hudson's are grown a- 
ass adults. Like how? Yeah, and, and they're bullying a teenager. Yeah, I was like, in what universe does this any of this seem good to you? Like, I. It makes it's me not, really mad. <laughs> it, it is, and it, I think it just capitalizes or highlights the tragic, the tragedy of it all, right? Yeah. It, well, it just like makes me sad thinking about like her just sitting there with her ice cream melting, like waiting for the guys. Stop it! Oh God! Like, that I seriously like cried in that scene. I was just like, I'm crazy. At, at the end of this episode, I was telling Teresa at the end of this episode. I was like sobbing yes. yesterday. It's rewatching really this, sad. trying to write notes in my notebook, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like writing and sobbing, and I'm and like, I, shut up, Ellie! You've already seen this. Just write the damn notes, and I'm still crying. I, it's, it's just, it's really upsetting and sad because knowing how this ends, it's like so realistic. Like there's. Uh, yeah, there's like so many real stories and that parallel this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, the fact that the Hudson's, it wasn't just, if it was just the Hudson's being gross to her, it could have ended differently, but the whole town bought into it. She could, there was not a place she could go that someone wouldn't stare. Yeah. Because they and, made sure the world knew her world and, knew. We've talked about that this before, but like this writer's room doesn't really shy away from the real stuff. Yeah. Like they for sure, and it picks up even more in season two, like on topics that are very, very real that a lot of shows just won't touch with a 10 foot pole. Um, so this is just kind of like, you know, the, I think it started with the very real portrayal of Nancy's mom when she had cancer and how they didn't really shy away from that. And it just, kind of builds up on that but and then yeah there's a scene i think in episode 17 that i'm really excited for Teresa to see so they go to everett they know that everett had seen lucy the day that she died they corner him and he says oh look she's back <laughs> and this reminded me so much of that line in the pilot of mcginnis and they're in the police station. He says, Nancy Drew. And Beth says, why does he say your name like that? <laughs> this is the same mood. Same mood. It is. And he explains like he was basically bullying this teenage girl because he felt like Ryan was throwing away his future because he was missing his rowing practices. And I'm just like, that was it. That's literally it. He was just missing practice. In my head, I was just like, there's no way this guy was going to the Olympics. Why the fuck do you care? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, Everett, on the day she died, Everett offered her a ride and then threatened her, when she turned him down, threatened her to stay away from Ryan again. Which, at this point, she had already broken up with him. So I guess he had picked up, we know that he had access to their emails. So he must have seen that she was meeting him that day. And so, but, you know, he never showed up or he did, but he was too late. But when he last saw her, she was walking into her house and she, there was a friend waiting for her and they got into an argument and that was the last he saw. And that friend just happened to be Karen. My... She just wouldn't disappear. She just wouldn't. The we character couldn't, that we wouldn't just die. say goodbye. Okay. 
Karen, I know the more we learn about what Karen did and and, and does in this episode, the more upset I become with her. It's yeah. fair. I'm just like, did you ask her what what Lucy like did you did you do anything with Lucy's consent? Like no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nancy goes to see her in prison and we find out that Lucy the only reason she was sea queen is because Karen thought it would cheer Lucy up if she were sea queen. So Karen cheated and arranged for Lucy to be sea queen. Which literally and, just made her life harder. I just- and Nancy said, you entered a social pariah into a popularity contest to cheer her up. Like even Nancy, who is an outside observer to the situation knows like you're an idiot. I I understand she was a 17, 18 year old girl. We're not our brightest then. Okay. <laughs> but but <laughs> if it doesn't take a genius though no. to realize how stupid this is and how this helps literally no one because you're in the spotlight the entire time you're campaigning to be sea queen. And like I'm just thinking how much harder her life was made. Like if if Karen didn't enter her would she have would this have ended the way it did maybe but it for sure maybe not though like it's for sure accelerated feelings and I'm just and it for sure fueled fire to all those stupid rumors and And caused people to be even meaner and yeah and just made that target on her back so much bigger yeah I was just like I knew never trust a Karen okay and I knew that from day one (laughs) (laughs) you did but she does get something out of the conversation though. She realizes that Lucy left her backpack and her journal behind when she left Karen at her house. So when she was at the ice cream shop, she had been writing in her journal. Um, so somewhere between the ice cream shop and her house, she had disposed of her journal and her backpack somewhere. So Nancy decides that they're going to go to Lucy's house to try and find the journal. And Ryan didn't even know Lucy's house was still there, which Nancy says that they changed the number and the street name or whatever. So people wouldn't like, but like, how did Ryan not anyways, but Nancy goes, right. (laughs) Nancy goes up to a window and takes one of the boards off and like Lucy breaks the glass in her face. And so for the, it was. And this is really the first violent, I feel like, haunting that Nancy, that Lucy has done to Nancy. And Nancy picks up on it really quickly. And she's like, I don't think she wants me to go in her house. Let's go inside. I was like, Nancy um, gave zero fucks. <laughs> no fucks were given. It's she like, said. It's like in the pilot where she's hearing the haunting from upstairs. And she's like, let me just go to the attic and see what's in this chest. Yes. Who goes upstairs? Don't get me on that. Except it's worse because this time she knows it's (laughs) exactly. And like, so she knows Lucy doesn't want her to go inside, but she's like, who cares? Let's go inside. Gotta find the journal. Gotta save my dad. She's trying to save her dad. I'm not saying it's not a cool or good reason. Still stupid. (laughs) But before they can go inside, it cuts back to the claw and Bess tells Nick and George to just stay away from each other temporarily until they can work their shit out, which mood. 
but they realized that Ace and John forgot a part of Lucy's skull. And so they quickly put it in the sink and just throw a towel over it. And I'm like, well, that's not going to end well. But uh, Tamora walks in and he picks up on the fact that they haven't been in the freezer. He goes to the freezer and Ace and John are inside. Just looks like Ace has a checklist and it looks like they're just doing inventory. And Tamora's like, who are you? And Ace goes, bus boys. And John said, I'm the senior bus boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. And it's just perfect because what, like, tomorrow can't say anything. They told them they were doing inventory as one of the two excuses. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they can say, like, he didn't see, like, did you not see this coming? Like, of, of course they're going to do inventory on inventory day. <laughs> exactly. It was just such a good scene, a good line. John's comedic timing and Ace's comedic timing are both top tier. Uh, Again, (laughs) casting delivery was great. It was. (laughs) It was great. But it cuts back to Nancy and Ryan. They did, in fact, go into Lucy's house. And there's like a bee's nest inside. And they make, uh, Nancy makes the comment, well, we're just, uh, Ryan said, makes the comment, we're just going to stay away from that because I'm away, I'm allergic to those. And Nancy's like, yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. And I, I said that Still just for did not register. <laughs> <laughs> just I, for her benefit, I said that. But we'll move past I, I tell you, no one's more mad at me than myself, okay? I literally, I saw that scene and I was just like. Did you chuckle? Because I, I chuckled. I called it. I chuckled. How but... in the world did you call? Oh, I need to talk to you afterwards because we need to dissect <laughs> how you solved this one. The part, I'll tell you. <laughs> Anyways, so, but Lucy appears again, another violent haunting. This is interesting though. Her dress, like she kind of suffocates them with her dress. Her dress turns pink, which is really interesting. That was the color it was, you know, the day, like her actual dress. But up until now, we've only seen it in black and white. Yeah, it's, I, I, it was a really interesting visual choice. And I would love for people who do this for a living or have some sort of academic background to really analyze the reason for it. But it just, it kind of shows you, or kind of remember how I said, I felt like, like Lucy was protecting both Ryan and Nancy. Um, I just, it felt like that was something similar. It was like a, a touch of, like visually we saw the touch of that this isn't supposed to be, it, lo- it looks really violent. It probably feels that way, but it's not meant to be scary and violent. It's just- Or I think she was also trying to convince them both to leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, so. So. Because they were, she was getting closer to the journal. And so. Yeah. She was trying to protect them from the truth. Nancy is Nancy. So she doesn't leave. And she finds the strip of wallpaper, just like from the pilot, and starts ripping the wallpaper off. And she realizes it's more words, right, from Lucy, but they're not the words of the Lucy Sable, like, childhood nursery rhyme or whatever. It's something else. And it leads her to a hole in the wall, which is where she finds Lucy's journal. Then, actually, it cuts to the claw. And Tamura is finishing up. And he says, good luck with your inventory or your private party, whichever one you decide it is. And you can Why tell can't it be just both? from, 
you can tell just from that one line that Tamara is not going to be a Karen and he's not going to be a McGinnis. No, he's going to be trouble. Yeah, he's going to be trouble. He's he doesn't have any emotional, personal ties to any of them. And so he's he's going to be a different kind of police force than what we've seen so far. But we realized that Ace and John actually had hid Lucy's bones on themselves, which was a, another funny scene of the bones just like just falling out it. into the floor. <laughs> for but, someone who, who just earlier this very episode was mad at them for mistreating the evidence, evidence. of the bones. He well, I think he him, would rather see a bone coming out of prison. his pants. And I was just like, oh, John. <laughs> He I'll did not want to go to prison, okay? But anywho, it cuts back to Nancy and Ryan. And all we see is Nancy read from the diary, the journal. And she says that she finds the entry from the day she died. And she says, I think I know why Lucy didn't want us to find this. And then it cuts <sighs> to the courtroom. And this scene, this scene, Kennedy, if Can you're listening, ever one day. I just, I love you. I love you. You in this scene, like, fantastic. Oh. Any other person would have overdone it, but she was perfection. And it so, was so subtle. And I just, it's like, with Kennedy. it was like a good dose of guilt, right? Yeah. She, she did it in, in like a very subtle, very nice way. But, anyways, it's a cuts to the court scene. And Nancy walks in for her, you know, whatever it's called. She's being questioned her witness statement. And she presents Lucy's journal as evidence. And she then proceeds to tell the whole story and basically starts with like Everett was ruining uh, Lucy's life because she wouldn't break up with Ryan. And in the journal, she had even kept all of the notes she had gotten from her classmates bullying her. And so Everett, you know, wasn't just bullying Lucy himself, but he was spreading all the rumors to the town and like really causing the town itself to turn against Lucy. And she even broke up with Ryan because she couldn't take it anymore. But at that point it was too late. Like it had already escalated too far and she was depressed and there's an entry in the in her diary about Carson and the Drew family and she went to see Kate who was her guidance counselor and Carson and they had dinner and she even makes the comment like how they were the perfect family essentially and like why couldn't she have been a Drew and grew up with parents like Carson and Kate she stole a knife while she was there for dinner and she wrote in her last entry on the day she died, her suicide note. And so Lucy Sable was not murdered. Lucy Sable committed suicide and she was driven to it because of the senseless and needless bullying of Everett Hudson and the rest of the town of Horseshoe Bay. And she did it with the knife that she stole from the Drew household. So that's why uh, it had Carson's print on it because it was their knife it came from their kitchen but she said she has a line at the end of her witness statement nancy does and she says the killer was us this town i promise to remember the girl who lived 
not the girl who died. And she says it to Lucy, who is standing in the back of the room watching her. I cried so much. I did too. I cried again last night when I watched it again. Like, and I had already seen it. Like, I'm tearing up right now. Like, I know, me too. Well, and I just, I mean, I think about it because they really made her death an urban legend in this town. Yeah. And it became like such. After they caused it. Yes. And it was just like, I don't, I just, I can't put words to like, how like devastating that is after everything she went through i am shocked now that we know everything shocked that no one considered that it might be suicide like how did no one think it might be suicide because if you have to consider that you have the whole town's response like you have to then implicate yourself Mm -hmm. in something absolutely atrocious which is you have made the planet an unlivable place for another human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and and I think that's why, like, the line with uh, Nancy where she says, like, and for 20 years we told ourselves a story of a mysterious killer when the, really the killer was us. Like, that to me was so powerful because, like, a lot of times when, I mean, I think in general, when people commit suicide, you know, we, we say, oh, we didn't know this was happening. Like if they had said something, like maybe we could have helped them. And I think this really like put that out there of like, be careful how you treat other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it was terrible, but it also explains why like Teresa had said, you know, she had no suspects. There were no suspects. No one yeah. wanted to kill Lucy. Um, Lucy wasn't murdered but yeah she and and I think I was kind of putting the pieces together um like when when Nancy was reading the journal I kind of knew at that point what happened and sort of we learned later I did not know what happened but um uh I had an idea of what occurred um and i've been saying this for the last couple of episodes right that i was like the hudson's are responsible solely because of the rumors they started and that led to her death and i didn't know what happened between that and the actual dying part because like there weren't any suspects and so by then i was just like it had to be suicide then because it was like the only reasonable explanation it cuts then to after the court, like the, the uh, trial. And Nancy is pondering the fact she said that Lucy didn't want her to figure out how she died. So what did she actually want? Because remember, she didn't want Nancy to find the journal. So Nancy doesn't think everything is quite so wrapped up, right? Because she's, she doesn't think that that's what Lucy wanted her to find out. But Lucy's journal is confirmed to be real. The judge decides to drop Carson's charges. And Carson walks up to Ryan. Because, you know, Carson knew all along what had happened. Uh, He and Kate were there uh, uh, for Lucy that whole time. And so he walks up to Ryan. He's like, I'm sorry for what you lost. And Ryan says, just be glad you're both done with my family. I've got to live with them. 
<laughs> da, da, da. Also said that one for Teresa's benefit. But oh then we see that McGinnis is leaving. He shows up after not being there for several episodes. And he tells Ace that, you, you know, you need to be good because Tamura is not going to like let you guys slide like I do, essentially. And so McGinnis is leaving. George and Nick, and we're entering into our ending sequence, which is, you know, always my favorite part. George <laughs> and Nick are in the freezer and they decide that uh, they say, maybe you should still sleep on the couch tonight and we should be co-bosses only. Friendly co-bosses. And then they make out in the freezer. So typical. What is with this freezer and being a place to like hook up? I don't know, but season three, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> I see you, season three. I mean, please, Drew Crew writers, please. And Nancy just has all those scarves just so readily available. <laughs> oh wait, Teresa doesn't. <laughs> Never mind. Wait, um, sad. <laughs> <laughs> She's like well, has zero scarves in this, this whole season. And they come, they come come in hot season two. Scarves. Yeah. She she her, her wardrobe has a glow up in season two. Like it is amazing. Um <laughs> but Beth goes into the kitchen. She realizes that the the piece of Lucy's skull is missing. And then we see Tamura in the parking lot watching Nancy enter the claw and he has the bone. He has the piece of Lucy's skull. So Tamura is definitely going to be a little bit more of a threat. But uh, Ace and Nancy and John are just staring at the bones when John tells her, hey, I need to talk to you. Those DNS test results come back, came back. And it cuts immediately to Nancy. She's home. Carson's in the kitchen. He's making her favorite meal or whatever. And he turns around and Nancy's like, you're still lying to me about the night Lucy died. And she gives him an ultimatum. She's like, I went to court. I got you off murder charges. I figured all this shit out. Now you need to be honest. And at this point, I had deduced that Nancy already knew everything. Mm -hmm. She just knew that Carson needed to be truthful. And I think Carson realized that too. I think Carson knew that Nancy had figured it out. And this was a test for Nancy. Like, this is it. This is the final test. Are you going to tell me everything? And so... He reveals that both he and Kate were on the cliff with Lucy the night she died. They had been watching fireworks when Lucy called Kate and Kate was worried she was going to kill herself. So they went to the bluffs and when they got there, Lucy had had a baby and no one knew that Lucy was pregnant. Uh, she had hidden it all of this time and at the bluffs, she had gone into labor and I can't imagine how difficult it is to deliver your own baby, but she had the baby and Everett had seen it the day she died. Everett had seen that she was pregnant. She threatened Lucy to get, he threatened Lucy that to get rid of it, or basically he would kill her and the baby, but she was at the bluffs to commit suicide. It never really confirms whether or not, I don't think she, I think she was going to commit suicide pregnant. 
um, because she was worried because we've learned later that Nancy was, uh, this baby was born prematurely. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I don't think she was expecting to go into labor. It was probably the stress of the suicide that caused her to go into labor, but she had the baby. And when Carson and Kate got there, um, the baby had already been born. And so she's like, I need you to take this baby. I need you to protect it from the Hudson's. They're going to kill it. And so they actually used the knife that she had with her there at the bluffs to cut the umbilical cord. And that's how it actually got his fingerprint on the knife. But they turned around to wrap the baby up. And when they turned back around, Lucy was gone. And so they never figured out if she slipped, it, did she jump? Like, did she actually commit suicide? But they decided that the only way to keep the baby safe was to leave Horseshoe Bay to keep the baby's origin a secret and then come back when everybody would believe that the baby was theirs. And Nancy confirms this and she says, the baby is me. And so Nancy Drew is actually the daughter of Lucy Sable and Ryan Hudson, not Kate and Carson. And Nancy knew the whole time. She was just going to see because um, we see a little intermittent like flashback to John telling her that the DNA match was actually uh, a match between her and Lucy's DNA. And mm-hmm. so Nancy had already figured out that she was Lucy's daughter and that that is why, as the episode says, the haunting of Nancy Drew, why Nancy Drew was being haunted. Because Lucy didn't want her to figure out why she died. She wanted Nancy to figure out that she was her mother. And now so many things make sense. So many things Um, make sense. And can I just say, Scott Wolf, you were amazing in this scene. And oh my gosh, (laughs) I, I haven't fangirled over Scott Wolf in a couple of episodes but you were amazing. I love like, you. Like, if there is um, any scene to, like, solidify how well Kennedy and Scott play off each other, it's, it's this, this one. one. Yeah, it's a good yeah. one. It's a good one. So, Nancy is not Nancy Drew. <laughs> She's Nancy Hudson. Doesn't, doesn't sound the same. Nancy, Nancy Sable. Yeah, that one's better. Okay, fine. <laughs> Nancy Sable. But it leaves us with finding out that she is you know their child ryan still does not know so ryan didn't even know that lucy was pregnant and it brings back what i was saying earlier ryan felt guilty like if he'd only gotten there earlier he might have been able to save her he actually probably could have i think that him not showing up for their ice cream or whatever was like the final straw like she was there to tell him that she was pregnant And then he never showed up, but she didn't know that he was coming. He just had a hard time getting there. And I think that would have made a difference if she had known that he still loved her and that he was coming for her. It's very Romeo and Juliet. Very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Super Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Star-crossed lovers. I was just thinking about that too, the Romeo and Juliet, but also like um, how 
I think Ryan not showing up was like, oh, his parents convinced him not to see me anymore. Yeah, it was kind of the the last straw. Um, but yeah, so that was the end of episode 16, The Haunting of Nancy Drew. I really just need to put this out there on the recording that I predicted this in episode one. There are very <laughs> many things I am wrong about in Nancy Drew. <laughs> especially in season two season two blows my mind but this was the one thing i called from episode one. Oh, uh, so well it was it was not i had no i had no proof except for the fact that they both wore pink dresses during the sea queen i was kind of like oh maybe but also i just when i first saw lucy and she started haunting nancy i remember putting this tweet out i tweeted watch Lucy actually be Nancy's mother because that's how a lot of these things go I... yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's here's the thing this is the one thing I didn't see <laughs> it was like the one thing um I, I didn't because... see how her death came about I didn't call that I just called them I I think I I was closer to calling that I didn't call it call it until like at the beginning of this episode uh, or like near like maybe like 15 minutes in I was like ooh, I think I know where this is going but like I knew that like nothing else made sense because I uh because it's like the the way the story was going I was like no one killed this girl like are they gonna just tell us that she was like haunted and a ghost killed her and that's why nothing else makes sense or what but this I I knew the moment that the sequence started where where Nancy was like Carson you need to tell me the truth and we saw them going out there and we saw the baby that's when I knew Nancy was going to be the baby but not a minute before not a second before that <laughs> not at all well and when I not a second this is going to be me fangirling over the writer's room more but what I love about this writer's room is they really plan this out so like the actress who played Lucy she was she actually wore wore the pregnancy belly the entire season so they they had that out there the entire time and so that one i was like holy shit like did not see didn't see it but then yeah then they told um they told oh my gosh scott and scott and um oh my god why am i blanking Riley. Riley, riley riley smith they told them both up front really yeah Yeah. but ken and kennedy didn't know but kennedy called it season episode one too i didn't i feel like such a failure and And so like now when you go back you like when i as i've been re-watching you can tell that ryan like that uh riley played their scenes him and nancy ryan and nancy as like they they had a lot in common even though you couldn't like it was very small minute and like just there so if you ever rewatch it you pick up on it now that yeah. you know yeah well, and, and what i love is this season one was supposed to be 22 episodes and then got cut short because of covid and i remember when this episode aired they because a lot of shows when they do these big like arcs it goes through the whole season this yeah. is episode 16. We were supposed to have six more episodes left of the season. Yeah. And we've already gotten our big reveal. And that's what I love about the writer's room is they're keeping you on your toes. You're like, you never know when a storyline is going to wrap up and they're going to start a whole new one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's true. Because, I mean, in the end, technically speaking, um, they, they, I, well, I was just telling, like, our last episode, I was like, the Agleka thing doesn't seem like it would last more than, like, three more episodes. Um, not including this one, right? Because we really didn't touch on that. So, like, two or three more after this. But that that's only half. Like, what's what's after that? Yep. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to Easter eggs. So... There weren't really any Easter eggs, but I do have a comment oh. uh, for this section today. So I know that my prevailing theory is that uh, Ace is a hardy boy. I still oh. think Ace is a hardy boy. I still think that. However, I will say that this episode was the first episode that kind of like threw me off a little bit to find out that Ace is Jewish. So the Hardy Boys had a friend whose name was Philip. And in the Hardy Boy novels, Philip was Jewish and he was a hacker. And so this is really the first episode that made me think, oh God, what if he's not a Hardy Boy? What if he's Philip Cohen, their friend? I still think he's a Hardy Boy. But, and like, and writer's rooms have done that before where they take, like one character and kind of combine it with other characters from novels and so i i think that could be the case here they kind of combined um i think uh ace is going to end up being frank hardy who actually he and nancy had a thing like a like a a thing thing um so is that why you think it's frank or are there other reasons why you think it's frank hardy um (laughs) i i mean I, I just think he's Frank Hardy. Um, and I think they took Frank Hardy and kind of combined him with their friend, Philip. So yeah, not really an Easter egg, but just, just a little side note. I, I, that's something else I cover in my Easter egg segment is always my ace is a Hardy boy theory. So, all right, moving on to ratings. This episode, we are rating the episode on a scale of one to five missing skull bones. (laughs) so on a scale of one to five one being garbage five being iconic what do you rate this episode guests first i'll be be honest i actually rated this episode a five like i mean out of season one this is probably my favorite episode which is why i wanted to do it and it's just like the acting was just so well done the way they wrapped up the stories was well done and i just that ending and that ending and like kennedy mcmahon and riley smith and scott wolf all of them everybody just did incredible i just i could go on all right i can swing it (laughs) Teresa. what'd you give it i gave it a 4.75 missing oh wow come on son come on fine i gave it a five (laughs) i did this is my favorite episode from season one um just for sheer like memorability like it's it's one of those episodes where you'll remember what twitter was like after this episode for the rest of your life i don't remember that because i wasn't there but sucks i will but (laughs) i will remember the feeling i had of utter stupidity 
now imagine if you had been on twitter when this happened because twitter was kind of like the fuck like (laughs) that doesn't make feel better that i wasn't the only dumb dumb except Melissa, who was tweeting into the void to anyone who would listen i knew it i knew it (laughs) i just i just remember i i honestly i went back and i found my tweet and i retweeted it and i was like i told you so it was my proud moment i don't want to think about how long she had to search for that tweet um was not very long uh (laughs) uh-huh and no yeah it was it was just one of those episodes where you're like that shit rocked my world um didn't see it coming and um yeah it it was a five in that courthouse scene I it's been over a year a new episode has a new season has come out I rewatched this again and I still cried Mm -hmm. that means it's, it's a five it's well executed everything about it is really well executed and I my brain and like I was telling like the next segment, my predictions, they're not going to be good because as I was telling both, both Allie and Melissa before we started recording, my head, head empty, just baby. <laughs> like, I have nothing to say. Well, on that note, it is time for predictions. Yes. Do your thing, girl. <laughs> Again, I reiterate, these are going to be bad, head empty, just baby. <laughs> But um, I mentioned this a little bit um, in my predictions for last episode, which is the Aglega curse and the blood bucket and how like they're, I think they're going to be correlated. And I think a piece that I found really interesting that I think will have something to do with whether or not the Aglega curse will be easily broken or going to be a huge, huge issue is the missing skull piece that Detective Tamora now has. Um, and I was clearly wrong about my last prediction where I thought the bones were going to go missing, <laughs> but, um, it was a good prediction though. It was a really good, I mean, a piece of a bone went missing. They technically. Yeah. But it was taken, taken by a human person and not, a the demon entity, but it was, um, so I think now that the skull has been separated or like the the bones have been separated that's gonna mean something and I that leads to the second piece which is less a prediction and more kind of obvious given everything that was said uh the new detective gonna be a huge problem um not less so because I don't think he's gonna be corrupt or bad in a sense I just think he's gonna be better at his job and which will make everybody else's lives more miserable <laughs> you're just just gonna you're not gonna be able to just break into ryan's house nancy i'm sorry <laughs> um or, or, and all that stuff so i think that is gonna happen i also think that ryan's redemption because i is going to be very much interwoven with the fact that he has a daughter now um whether or not, not just he, a daughter he Nancy is his Nancy. daughter specifically. Yes. Um, and so I think you'll see him be way more involved uh, with some of the mystery solving. Um, I don't have no real indication of when they'll tell him. I do think he'll find out eventually, but uh, whether or not it's the, before the end of this season's up in the air for me, we only got two more episodes left and a lot of story to go. So I don't. Um, I don't know how that's going to play out, but 
Uh, I do think it's really connected to his redemption is really much connected to the fact that Nancy's his daughter and how Nancy is inherently about truth and justice and he's a Hudson and what that means and how those two are very opposite of each other. Um, and so I think that's going to be really interesting to see. And then my last prediction is zombie Josh, where you at bro? Uh, miss you. <laughs> um, zombie Josh. But, but also, um, the the fact that Nancy is now his niece also gonna mean something. And he tried to kill her. And he tried to kill her. And I think that's gonna um, so sleep on that every night, psychopath. Exactly. But I think I think, I I think that's think gonna a psychopath. Mean, I think that no, he's just a he was a who wanted misin- to get revenge for his sister. Yeah, he was a misinformed loving brother. <laughs> and exactly um, with murderous. T- tendencies with trauma <laughs> um, exactly but, like, fully blame him yeah like um would I murder someone I don't think so do I understand yeah cool motive still murder <laughs> <laughs> also Wait. he's obviously like he poisoned the person I mean he poisoned the wrong person but he's obviously wasn't very confrontational about it like Mm-mm. his fight with Nancy was you know, the most confrontational we ever really got to see, but so, so yeah, I do think, uh, Nancy being his niece is going to, I think, depending on whether or not he's possessed or whatever that means, I don't know what happened to him. I don't even want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. I don't know what happened to his body. If he's dead or alive, I do not know. Dead man walking. I do think if he's alive, Nancy being his niece is going to stop him from running. If he's dead and being possessed, Nancy being his niece will get him depossessed or unpossessed. I don't know. Whatever that is. Exercised. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I don't know. So one of the, one of those two options, whatever happened to him, I still am not sure. All right. Okay, so that's all we have for you this episode. So make sure you hit us up on Apple Podcasts and give us a review and or a rating. We would really appreciate it. Also, make sure you find us on social media. We now have a Twitter account at Making a Drude. And if you'd like to follow us personally, mine is at SlowBurnMac with a profile picture of Nace and you found the right girl and then you can find melissa where at sleuthen drew without the g yep. because that's fancy <laughs> n- 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 no drew um, uh, no g yep and then Teresa, you can find me at tear t-e-r-e underscore dv 95 on twitter most excellent and if you have anything to add or to say or if i ever missed an easter egg or you want to give Teresa shit for her predictions you know we're all here for you we're about to head into season two which is pretty exciting because that means we're almost to the premiere of season three so those of you that are using our podcast as a countdown to season three just be aware that lots of episodes are going to come out right before season three. So. <laughs> I just can't wait for Teresa's brain to melt in season two. It's true. It's true. Wait, I've been telling you about season two for a while. Uh, when I blow you out of the water and get everything right, then what? 
Yeah, okay. If, if you do, I will give you the title of the resident Nancy Drew. Uh, yeah. It's not going to happen. I already know. I didn't I mean, get this. And this was pretty goddamn obvious looking back at it now. So like, I'm, <laughs> I'm the resident idiot. All right. But that is all we have for you this time. So until next time, my Drews, we'll catch you later. Bye.